This is the MFG Cast, the only podcast that you want to listen to about board games and more. I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. I thought I would do things a little more professional. I think that was pretty good on the fly. Congratulations, me. Bap, bap. I tap my back. I kind of like that feeling that we actually were on a radio station instead of just like chilling out in our kitchens or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, the MFG cast live from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and New York somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The big something. <laughs> as, That's right. As New York something. The big caramel tree. No, I don't know. <laughs> Dumb. I'm at that. Okay. Welcome to the MFG cast. Today, we're going to talk about game a game within a game within a game. There's not too many games where there's, like, a shared universe, you know? Like, there's, like, you know, like, movies that have all these sequels and stuff like that. You know, Dan came up with this idea. You know what, Dan? I think you're better at explaining why you came up with this. So why don't you explain to to our fine viewers what is going on today? All right, so so the idea that we were talking about was, like, cross-pollinization in games, like, games that have expanded worlds and how they're explored in other facets and also the idea of parts of some game being in another game and this was all brought about by kim has recently been playing this video game called we happy few uh it's a pretty cool game and visually a lot of people compare it to bioshock now one of the things is you'll notice in video games this runs rampant where there's like homages to other games like maybe like a cameo or something characters in other games and in the We Happy Few, there's an achievement called Shocking Biology, where you must kill a man called Ryan Andrews. And that's like an homage to Bioshock, where you have to kill Andrew Ryan. So I was like, how come board games don't have this? Like, why is it like every board game is just a completely closed universe? Like, video games, it's like, I got Halo 7. I got the latest Call of Duty. It's the 20-year anniversary of Battlefield. And like board games, there's nothing like that. There's like the UA Rosenberg trilogy of Tetris style games and, you know, stuff like that. Like Magic the Gathering has an ongoing universe of these things, you know, and like collectible card games, but like not so much like board games themselves. And I was kind of curious about that. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that because before we got on, we actually talked about, you know, like, you know, it doesn't seem like there's that much. And, you know, the thing that I didn't think about is like, CCGs and, and the like, because the first thing that came up, came in my mind was like the Pathfinder adventure car game. Like, you know, it, it's kind of that RPG thing where like a lot of RPGs have different supplements and, you know, different things that people come out with, you know. So in in actuality, there are some, not board game specific, I suppose, if that's what you're, you know, that's what we're talking about. The card games, of course, they are, there's more of that. You see it like, even like your legendaries and stuff like that. There's always... A lot of like it, they're they're called expansions, but they kind of build that universe still, even though it doesn't really build the world. It's already a world that's already built, I guess. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like I noticed it in like in the board game environment. It's always like expansions. It's very rarely like cross pollinization. Like you see a lot of it in the world of Terranoth from Fantasy Flight games, because they have like battle lore, and then they have. Um, like Rune Wars and Rune Age, and they have like all these things where like the same heroes or same characters will cross over in all these different games. Um, there was even some of them in Dungeon Quest. 
And one of like these little known games is actually from Plaid Hat Games. So you know Summon Awards, right? You know, it's like it's available on app. There's tons of expansions for it, tons of different characters for it. They actually made a game called Dungeon Run, where you're playing your summoner from Summoner Wars before they got the summoning stone. And it's like a toweling game with like skill checks, and it becomes a one versus the many towards the end of the game. And that's like one of the few times that it was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like it's all the characters from Summoner Wars, but it's a totally different game. You know, it's like it's kind of co-op. Now it's like a versus style. Like it was so different. But I don't see that often, you know? Like, most recently, one of the things I've seen was um, from Level 99 Games. They make this series called Exceed. It's basically like Street Fighter, the card game. Like, you know, it's like a fighting-style card game. They they actually have um, one of the students from Mage Wars Academy uh, in there. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. They also got Shovel Knight from the video game series, which I'm like, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Must be popular. Another thing that I saw kind of after the fact, after we kind of discussed talking about this topic, is that um, is that Gray Fox Games has actually come out with Reavers of Midgard, which is supposed to be set in that same universe. It's just a different different game, you know, and different ga- Well, it's still the, still the worker placement or whatever and stuff like that, but it's still kind of set in that same... Like world environment, yeah. It's yeah, and I saw like their definition was like the spiritual successor to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, d- don't do that. Champions of Midgard hasn't been around long enough for it to need a spiritual successor. <laughs> that should be like another year and a half from now because I should play this game enough where I'm sick of it before you give me the spiritual successor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not there yet. Are you there yet? I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny that. You know, they really don't have that many things. Like, the, you know, the thing that, like, possibly, like, makes me think that it, it's, or the closest to being that way is the is the Red Raven games. Because it seems like, yeah. you know, it almost seems like that's a shared universe. And even though technically, you know, everything looks, the art kind of looks very similar in every aspect that he makes it all seems still like it's a shared universe. Yeah, and it, and it definitely feels it. And I think that might be due to the fact that uh, Laukit does everything on Earth. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he cut down the trees to make the paper for his own instruction manuals. <laughs> yeah, no um, kidding. But yeah, it's, it's like, and it's funny, because we were recently playing Near and Far, and the fact that you can use those characters in Above and Below, we're like, all right, this is awesome. Like, this, this is things I want to see. Like... Because, again, like in that video game context, right, you always hear about these things where it's like um, back in the day, like the the old Metal Gear game, uh, it would check your save files. Like I remember one of the end boss fights was like it would check your save files and it would mention other Konami games where it's like the guy would be like, oh, I know you're a fan of Castlevania. I know everything about you and you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, that's awesome. And it's like... Near and far kind of felt like that because the concept is this is after, above, and below. Like, you know, it's that exact same world. And the fact that they give you characters to use in that world is awesome. But not too many games do that. And I'm like, man, I, I want that, you know? I want to see more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know? Like, you'll, you'll see, like, some games have, like, little Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like, you know, like, I've heard, like, Caverna has, like, 
I think one of them there's like a table and they're playing Agricola or something like that, yeah. you know. And and that's the thing. And I notice it's the same artist and the same designer. Like it's Uwe Rosenberg and Clemens Franz, and it's like you see some Agricola in there, and they're also playing uh, Bonanza. That's another thing you see in there. Um, like Castles of Mad King Ludwig, um, like Suburbia, I think is on one of the tables in Castles of Mad King Ludwig. There's like little things like that, but I would love the idea of more like, I know it sounds weird. It's like, because one of the things for me is like, I always have this feeling that um you hear when people talk about themes in board games, right? Like themeless game, themeless game, the theme is there, the theme is there, and like immersion, like, you know, whether or not the game is really immersive. I'm like, I don't know. I'm wondering, I'm like, I'm like, are people right? Like, if games are so immersive, wouldn't there be more lore to this as opposed to like, yeah, in this game, I'm getting silk. Now that this game is done with, the same designer is making a game where we get fish. Fish is the new silk. And like, that's it. And I, you know, I want something more. Like, I want something where I feel that I'm still there, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it almost it almost would be kind of cool to have something in the same vein as, like, like your movie trilogies. You know, it'd be like, okay, this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and it's, you know, a good, it's just an awesome journey. And then you get to the end, and it's like, okay, this happens, okay? But then, like, say, like, something like they do in the Marvel movies, like, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy will return in whatever even like a cutaway story where it's like okay this is the end but this person got away i wonder what's gonna happen there you know it'd be kind of cool to have that that immersion in that way where it's like okay you know it's something where it gets people hyped up for the next thing i know and it's like i was trying to think about like is it possible in board gaming you know or is it just a case of like, can that not happen with, like, you know, with the way that the hobby is right now? Like, because when you think about, like, board game stuff, right? Like, video games, you think, like, the Halo universe, the Halo franchise. With board games, it's more like the UA Rosenberg, you know, universe. Or, like, the Ryan Lockhart universe. Where you feel like the designers are the ones. Because, um... Like, one other, like, recent, like, little cross-pollinization is, uh, did you hear about, like, the one-week ultimate werewolf? No. Uh, so, it was recently on Kickstarter. I think it wrapped up by now. Um, it might have a little bit of time left. Uh, probably be done by the time this comes out, however. But it was, like, was, like, you're going on vacation at the castles of Mad King Ludwig. And one of the people that are staying with you is a werewolf. It's like I, I didn't really care too much about that, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, like Ted Allspack is combining his game with his other game, and I'm like, "That's neat." But I don't know. It's like I'm I'm kind of thinking like, "All right, what if you know, like, say one of the the evil characters you can play in Talisman, uh, like if that became a hero in like the Pathfinder card game." You know, like somebody from Terranoth like broke through a portal or something in his air. Or like, you know, like um like the pirates from Port Royale are now raiders in Iola Sky. You know, or something like that. Like familiar faces, familiar characters in a new environment in game. Cause like I, I think back to uh and I mean granted they were not amazing, but the Hello War games on Xbox. 
it's like, oh, do you do you love the Halo universe? Here's Halo in a real time strategy game. Like we're trying out something totally different, you know. And it was kind of fun, like having that touch of familiar, like the characters and why the war is being fought, but presented in a totally new format. Like, do you think like that would just tank for board games or something? Like, if there was like an Agricola dice combat game or something. <laughs> well, the thing is, well, if you think about it, we're kind of gearing up into that aspect anyway because like it's not it's not where you're going yet but it could like you know like all these games are always like this game is awesome and then like literally six months later here's a dice game and after that it doesn't go anywhere you know and you know i think that's i think we're on to something like i really hope that somebody's listening to this and goes wow that's a great idea because literally as we're talking about it I'm getting excited about it. Like, it would be cool to just be like, like what you said. It's like, like say, and I'll just, because I can't think of anything else. Let's just say we take a, a Ryan Lockhart game, okay? And we do like a near and far-ish thing or something like that. Or like uh, above and below where it's like all fantasy themed. And you're like, you know, you're going through this and going through that and kind of thing. And like, everybody is like a character, okay? Like, let's say we're doing five characters. There's like... You know, like a paladin and like a um, a warrior and like a, a bard and stuff like that. And then you get to the end of the game, and just like you said, like all of a sudden, the bard like sees something and like he falls through this wall, and it takes him to another dimension, and it takes him to this space game. So, and then you know, it's kind of like in your shared universe, except for it's a different aspect, and then that could change the whole game completely. So now we have this space game, and this person is hanging out, but he's hanging out with a whole different cast of characters, and he's trying to figure out oh, what's all going there, you know? So then they work through through what's going on there, and then all of a sudden, you know, let's just say he finds the portal that he fell through, and it's like, okay, guys, like, they see, like, it opens up, and they see something, and it's like, okay... I think I need your guys' help. Will you come with me and help my world? And then just mash everything together and make it like this like cool little story where it's like, it's not just, okay, this is the same thing, kind of rehashed a little bit. Like, make it something that's within a shared universe and has the same, you know, feel to it, but also is very different in mechanics and style. All right, so with what you were saying, right... Now, just like thinking about that idea, like the lockout game, the space thing, this is a quick lead in. Because with Grim Forest, right? Did you find the little bonus card that they hit in the box? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's like, for those that don't know, um, if you if you take everything out, the inserts and all that other jazz, underneath a sheet of paper that's form fitted to the bottom, there's a bonus genie card, right? You know how Plaid Hat Games is finally making that crossroads space game? Mm-hmm. how awesome would it be there's like like a little card in a standee under you know underneath that paper or something and just one of the crossword cards and it'll, it'll be it'll just be a, a character standee that you have no idea what it means right there's no information or whatever and you like one of the crossword cards is where it's like if one of the characters like is investigating like you know the hallway or something it's like if any characters in the hallway I read this card and it's just like they come across a man who is like a stowaway 
that looks like he's dressed in rags. And when you approach, he's just like, are you one of the gobos? Like something from the world of like above and below near and far, you know, or it's like, you know, he offers like gold coins and you haven't like, you know, you heard about gold, but it was viewed as an obsolete material that was like a symbol of unneeded wealth in this space age future. But he offers it to you if you can get him back home safely. And he notes that he'll help protect you guys if, you know, if you're willing to give him passage. And then it's like a character from near and far in this new Crossroad game. That's like now, like, it's basically like you unlocked that character. You know, like a Crossroad that's very easy to run across, but also like a little something hidden. And it would just be awesome, like like something like that. And it's so rare in board games because like you don't hear about this stuff ever it seems like it almost seems like with board games it's like the goal is to forget everything that was made before where it's like the newest kickstarter the newest this the news office it's like oh but what about that old game that old game could suck my dick on the golden gate bridge because this is on kickstarter now baby and it's like it just feels like there's no reason for remembrance of these awesome games and it, sometimes it sucks you know it's like yeah I, I want more of that you know yeah it seems like more more often these days it's like did it hook no okay next did it hook oh next did this one hook okay plug 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 yeah. okay we have enough money <laughs> now we can go to the next thing you know it, it's a weird it's almost a almost a fickle kind of system if you think about it it is and and the thing is too it almost seems like with board games the like the depth and the width of a game means nothing it's all about the kickstarter exclusives like it doesn't make a difference if this weaves an awesome tale or if it crosses genres or if it does that it's like how much money did it make on kickstarter uh like a hundred thousand who gives a damn like, how much did this make on kickstarter 4.8 million that game must be awesome. I need two copies now. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's kind of like sad in a way, you know? It's it's I've been I noticed I've been playing a bit more video games lately, and I think it's because I like that deep level. And I notice I get that in a lot of the legacy games and campaign games with tabletop. You know, I I feel like a reward for coming back to it, but sometimes other board games it really does when somebody makes something slightly better it is hard to go back to the old game because you're like well you know if the immersion level is about the same between the two but this one does it better why should i play that old one and that sucks when you have like 500 games on your shelves you're like well that one's not fun anymore because this is better that one's not good anymore because this is better you know yeah yeah i do i do understand that you know it's like we've been kind of playing through that um and I talked about this a while ago, but the that choose your own adventure game. And and the more we've it's got five chapters and we're already through the we got just got through the fourth chapter the other night. And uh <clears throat> it's one of those things where what they do with this game, and I can't say anything to spoil it, and I won't just because I I really dig this game so much, but like it has like a lot of layers to it even though it's simple layers if that makes sense it's like nothing that breaks the breaks the system down where you're like oh man this is something i've never seen before but like it really like is a thing where it just some of the small things that it does 
it keeps us interested. Like me, you know, like I've been playing with playing this with old podcast partner Mike, and um, when we've been playing it, like we got to a point, like I think the first like three chapters, we were like, man, we're just, or the first couple of chapters, we're like, we're just flying through this. There's no problem, man. We're just kicking this game's ass. And then we got to like the third and fourth, and we're like, we're dying, we're dying, we're dying. We go back. Like, we're like, oh, here's here's something that we could use. Oh, wait, we can't use that. Okay, get rid of it. You know, it's just, there's just so many, like, it's one of those things where, you know, there's a, it feels like there's a lot of games that are missing that excitement factor, like, kind of like we're talking about, you know, it's just, it's nice to have that, that excitement. And I think that what we're talking about would be kind of cool to have this, more of this immersion in this shared universe and stuff like that, but also it would it would lend itself to a like oh shit moment like you see in movies, you know, like like the you know like a like a drama where like you get to this part and all of a sudden something hits and you're like whoa you're like it just broke my mind it broke the whole movie you know I'm like it'd be cool to have something like that in a game where it's just like that was clever I know and it's. I'm trying to figure out, is it possible for board games to reach that level of depth? Because I wonder if one of the things is that none of the characters or worlds, like, it's always you're the player, player one, player four. You know, in Splendor, you're gem merchants. You're not like Eric and Lydia and, like, Natty. It's, you know, you're just gem merchants. And in... In Mage Wars, like, there's, those characters have tangibility, and, like, maybe that's why they pop up in Exceed and in Millennium Blades and a few of these other games, because they actually have, like, a name and purpose. But most games, it's usually Silk Merchant, Cheesemaker, Farmer Guy. And maybe that's why we're not seeing any of this cross-pollinization. It's like, oh, like, what is that? That's a farmer from Agricola. Why is he in this game? I don't know. What's his name? I don't know. Ed or something. It's like, mm-hmm. you decide. And maybe that's like, yeah. maybe that's why we don't see it. But like, what I'm curious about is if you could, if you could pitch to a, a developer or something, I want to see like this thing from this game in this other game. You know, I want to, I want to see some of this cross pollination. Like, what would you, like, what would be your, your birthday wish? You know, what would be the the magic thing you would love to see? Yeah, I don't know. That one's tough because, again, with what's out there, there's not, like, like a thing that I'm like, oh, that would be cool to see in another thing, you know, that kind of thing. The only, like, something, like, just for me, like, having, like, another D&D game that kind of is like Lords of Waterdeep, but in a different setting, like that would be kind of cool because then it kind of stays in the D&D universe, but goes into something else that's kind of attached to that. But like, yeah, there's just not, there's not, there's not like a thing in a board game where I'm like, that thing would be cool in another game, you know, unless it's something that I have a, you know, a, a passionate love for that I know what exactly what that is, which I don't know that that's kind of tough for me. What about you? So, 
Well, on a, on a side note, uh, looking at the games across the way from me, completely tangential on this, um, when we mentioned that game earlier, the spiritual successor to Champions of Midgard, mm-hmm. uh, think of it like this. Scoundrels of Skullport came out, and since then, Champions of Midgard went on Kickstarter, launched, release. Had two expansions go on Kickstarter, launch, release, and they're working on the spiritual successor. And Lords of Waterdeep has gotten... <clears throat> so I think that series might be done. I don't think we're ever going to see another expansion for that game ever. Oh, yeah. Am sad. Uh, that being said, one thing I would love to see is some of the mages from Summoner Wars in Mage Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, like, their magic is so strong they can, like, you know, cross the rifts or something like that. Or even if Plaid Hat wants to keep it in-house, the Summoner Wars versus some of the Phoenix born from Ashes. Yeah. Like, that could be kind of cool. And outside of that, it, it's... I'm trying to think of, like, other named characters and, like, important events. It's really hard with most heroes because it's, like, random merchants. Like, I don't, like... Like, one of the merchants from Istanbul, what would they do in Yoko? Yeah. It's like, who cares? Yeah, that's just, so. <laughs> that's not that's not the Euro thing. It's it's not a name thing. That's more of a Euro-style or a American-style game, you know? Like, you know, a thing that I kind of thought of that would be kind of cool, like, say say you play one of these games, and um, instead of having, like, a character card that you get automatically, say... You have a character card that you can make up yourself, you know, and you go like, "This is, this is the rules of the game. This is what your character needs. Now make your character, you know, and then go through this thing with your character and the other characters, and then like the like like we like the thing we say at the end, like, you know, have that thing that's kind of connected to like say it's like hidden underneath the box." And say, like, it's an adventure game, so you're having all these certain adventures. And then at the end, it's like, okay, who ended up, you know, doing the most of this? And then whoever ends up doing the most of this, they'll be like, oh, look underneath the look underneath the box under this thing here. And then you have this extra adventure. And it's like, now, send, the, send your character card to us, and we'll send you an updated character card, and you'll be able to play this adventure for yourself because you've earned it, you know, and something like that would be kind of cool because then you have an invested thing. Like if you're playing a, a role-playing game, you know, a lot of times if you play long enough, you get kind of attached to a character and you're like, okay, my name is, my name is like, you know, Grendar or whatever. And I'm a fifth level, you know, orc or something like that. And I've lost my family and I'm trying to find my cousins that die that, that, you know, their family died in the war and so did mine. I'm trying to find, you know, you get that connection. It'd be kind of cool to play this game, get that connection, and then get rewarded for, you know, winning the game or, you know, getting further in that game. It'd be something that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm curious about, like, because when you're saying about, like, sending away and, like, they send you back the updated character, I can imagine that would get, like, crazy expensive for companies. Do you think... The, the notion of, like, if there was a hidden adventure or something where you had to print something out, that people would be all pissed off. They're like, oh, that should have been in the box. Like, you know, I don't always have access to a printer when I'm playing my board games. Like, that they would get twisted about that. Yeah, they might. But, you know, people are stupid, so you could be stupid <laughs> if you want. But but still, I, I think, you know, that kind of thing would be kind of cool. 
anyway, just to, you know, for a little side thing, it'd be like, you know, especially if you're thinking about where you have to make up your own character. Like, you could even have, like, say this thing has a, a card and you make up that card. Well, say you open up that thing, you've got that extra adventure, but maybe we, you know, we make a sleeve for it. So then you put the, put that in the sleeve, and then you've got extra stuff that we just added for you because you've got made it to this certain point and gotten these special abilities or items or something like that. Almost like a Mystic Veil thing, right? Like where someone's yeah, like exactly. crafting? Yeah, exactly. Except for, you know, you don't see that throughout the whole game until the end, and you're that one that's getting that. Yeah, it's, I think maybe that's the... Maybe that's the benchmark of what we see in, like, that whole concept of, like, blending games, like, just mechanisms. Because, like, we just mentioned the card crafting. You a lot you think about the possibilities in that in other games. Like, oh, that would be awesome in a hero game where it's, like, these are the skills and this is all, you know. But you just, like, maybe we with board games it's more about how to do the things as opposed to the actual characters. Like, maybe, like, for board games, it's all about the tools to tell a story or to get the experience as opposed to the characters that are in that experience. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to tell because it's it all depends upon the people that are playing it. You know, it's like, okay, are you, you know, would you be, you know, sucked in with these characters or would the theme of the game be enough in the mechanics of it? One of the things to go back to the video game thing is it's funny because I think of the whole game Kingdom Hearts. And people are still losing their mind for Kingdom Hearts 3. I think they said it was going to come out like 106 years ago. It still hasn't come out yet. But that whole concept of like these Square Enix characters and Disney characters together and everyone's like losing their mind. They're like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is such awesome crossover. This, this thing is unbelievable. And it has been around for over 10 years. Like that was back in the PS2 days. Yeah, and I'm curious if board like you know will will we ever see Agricola two, or it's like you know, or is it just like I said, this concept of just everything just evolving and like you know just a me- mechanical system only and not in tales, but yeah, it's it's something I'm curious about with the with the way the hobby can go, you know? Yeah, definitely. Now, that being said, I want to know what other people want to see blended. If people either know of, like, some little game crossover that we didn't mention or have a dream of, like, man, someday I would love to see the characters in game X be in the game Y and then it can use mechanisms Z, A, and B, you know. I want to know, like, what would be out there, you know? Like, what would be something to break the mold as opposed to now with 200 minis in this game, you know? Like, what would yeah. people like to see? Yeah, exactly. I am too. So if you're interested in that, get in on the conversation. But join our Facebook page, MFGCast, and then, or or uh, hit us up on Twitter and uh, tell us some of the things that you're excited about. Because, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, again, when, when you talked about, you know, coming up with this concept, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot to say in this episode. Because I was like, I don't, you know, because again, I didn't feel like there's enough and like, okay, did I have enough to contribute? But 
now that we've done this, like, I'm very excited to see what the future holds and, you know, maybe even do something here where it's like, oh, maybe I can put a couple, you know, a couple little games together, you know, short games, small games that kind of fit together and see if that concept works, you know. The firefighters from Flashpoints and Talisman. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Anytime they fight a fire demon, they get plus three to the attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be an interesting crossover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until next time, thanks for listening, and I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.